Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, issue three of the WrestleTalk magazine is available for pre-order now. Head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. We've got a great issue this month featuring our reviews of the Royal Rumble, Wrestle Kingdom 10 and Raw 25, including the WrestleTalk crew counting down their top 25 moments of Raw history. So head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support WrestleTalk, because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Redacted Nation. Hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm great. I'm excited to bring to you today's spoon. Lay it on me. Today's spoon in our alphabetical run through of all the spoons in existence is the caviar spoon. I don't think I've ever had caviar. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I think you have to... It's quite a subtle taste from what I remember, but you were... Uh, I'd, I'd done a lot of blow that night, and of course the caviar was off a stripper's nipples. <laughs> so you, you lose a lot of the taste, taste receptors. It's funny because I'll probably... I, I've said this now, that I don't think I've had caviar. No doubt my wife will tell me that we have, and mm. we've had it at some point, and I have eaten it. I just cannot recall... Uh, ever having it well it's you know obviously i don't i can't remember if i've had it either i, I hope i have but it, and if i do have it i want it to be in the scenario i just described it's quite a baller it's it's the go-to that's ridiculously expensive food isn't it mm, Ooh, yes caviar. yeah absolutely it's yes fish eggs i believe that's exactly what it is mm. i believe yeah um again great opening to a wrestling podcast mm, mm. for people who might be first time listeners well 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 the caviar spoon information does not stop there well i just want to remind people that um, well i mean not remind people maybe uh just let people know if you are a first time listener mm. we do talk about wrestling 
But, you know, the first minute and a half of this podcast thus far has been quite spoon heavy. As will the next. Why? It depends when we run out of types of spoons to go over. You really love this, don't you? I'll get bored in a couple of weeks and we'll, <laughs> we'll stop around the D, yeah, the D section. That's what she said. So, caviar spoons. You don't want them made of metal. Oh, really? No, no. It interferes with my fish balls. So you want it to be made of an inert material, such as mother of pearl, gold, animal horn... Oh, dearie me. ...or wood. Yeah, so ivory, mother of pearl, or gold. That makes sense for caviar. This is why people think caviar is, like, of an, as an expensive food, because the only way to eat it mm. is, like... Uh, because you can almost <laughs> imagine people in leather-bound chairs in gentlemen's clubs where oh, women yeah. aren't only where they smoke cigars and smell of dicks yeah. uh, and just eating their caviar uh, and making very uh, prudish comments or not prudish comments just making outlandish comments actually there's a there's another material that you can eat caviar off of using a caviar spoon uh, peasant skin no. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the skin of poor people, yeah. you can coat a normal spoon in that, yeah, and you can eat. So I've got a. It's Valentine's Day today, of course. Mm-hmm. I am off this evening to a a, a taster menu Valentine's supper club evening with my my beloved. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm gonna tell you the menu in the outro. I was gonna say let's save that for the it looks outro. Pretty fancy. I'm excited to hear what you've got because you when you first told me what it was, I thought it was something else. Mm. So I'm intrigued to to learn actually what you're going to be having. And I will tell you what my uh, Valentine's plans are mm. with my betrothed. So the uh does, does betrothed mean you're going to marry them? Well, maybe. I thought it means like engaged. I don't know. It's, it's a fancy word. Yeah. I uh, just because we just talk about you talk about your wife so much. Yeah. That I just wanted to uh, try and think of a different word. The uh, th- oh man, that's that's thrown me. All that commitment. <laughs> What's uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah. So the theme of the supper club evening is a night with the birds. So what I'm going to say, you've got to find out what that entails later on. God, we get up to some stuff, don't we? But let's do some iTunes reviews first. From birds, back to the fish, caviar, the fishmongerer. They write, resubscribed to the network. I cancelled the network a few months ago and only listened to this podcast. Now Ollie and Luke have convinced me to resubscribe to the network. I think they're talking a WWE one. I'm almost ready to start donating on Patreon even. Nice work, fellas. Support Wrestle Talk. Give them a subscribe. Hashtag Swaft. Hashtag Swaft Nation. Hashtag Listen on Half Speed. Hashtag Push Luke. Hashtag Wonder Ollie. Thank you very much for, for such a wonderful review. People Thank like you, Fishmongera. Um, people like this half speed uh, thing. I mean, I know you're a double speed man. <laughs> Those days are long behind me. Oh, you're a triple speed man. I'm now, a 2.5. 2.5. Try triple speed. That was a bit unintelligible. Mm-hmm. So I've had to scale it back to 2.5, but I'll be back up. I'll be back up there at triple speed soon. Yeah, but a lot of people seem to really uh, get off on uh, on the two point, or actually on the point five speak mm. because uh, it makes them sound like they're drunk. It, uh, I guess, if you want to extend this out, we talk quite quick anyway, from what I understand. Mm. So maybe some people have to like. People, if English isn't your foreign, your main language, that's very true. Maybe you do have to listen on half speed. Maybe. Uh, and Dion J two two five 
writes, Do you smell what the podcast is cooking? Luke and Ollie are two of the most entertaining people to listen to and to watch. Great podcast, awesome content. Oh yeah, we live, baby! Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Dion J. Dion J. That uh, reference has gone over my head. Mine too. Okay. Well, let's get on with the show. And last night on SmackDown, after... Not much time away at all. Dolph Ziggler returned, air quotes for podcast listeners, to SmackDown to not really get involved in the storyline that he was involved in when he left. The storyline that everyone was interested in. And he left as a heel. Remember, he just dropped the US title belt that had won at the pay-per-view, surprisingly, at Clash of Champions the night before. And he just left the title in the ring and left, starting a tournament to crown a new US champion. Then he returned at number 30 in the Royal Rumble and wasn't on the the post-Rumble SmackDown show, but he was on this week's SmackDown show where he had nothing to do with the US title. Instead, he took on Baron Corbin, kind of, for the chance to get added to the championship, the WWE championship match at Fastlane. And it was different. He, He sort of... He was kind of a baby face, I felt. Yeah, um, first things first. First things first. First things first. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day. But before we move on, Mm. I think dogs are fine. Well, yeah, so this is controversial. I just think I looked looked at the footage Mm -hmm. and I did say that I hate dogs. Hate's a strong word. You know, why I, did you use it then? I'm just going to be the voice of all the dog lovers just, in the YouTube comments section. It's hyperbole, I guess. Um, just I wanted I, to get a rise, you I, shock I, jock. Maybe that's what it was. Like, I hate the main event scene of SmackDown at the moment, but hate's a very strong word. It doesn't make me like, oh, it makes me physically angry. Mm. I just use that word. Um, I, I think dogs are fine. They're just not for me. What about all the stuff you said afterwards about drowning any dog you saw? Oh, yeah, but that's different, though, isn't that, it? While looking at it in its dead, dead yeah, eyes, absolutely, you say. absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's just different, though, yeah. isn't it? That's just that's locker room talk, that. So, anyway, back what to about Dolph, Dolph? What about Dolph? Well, OK, so uh, as I sort of alluded to there, I, I hate this main event scene. Like, this mm. week's episode of SmackDown, I've, like, really... Like, it, it ticked me off a little bit in that... Ticked you off. In the, like, we've been building uh, the SmackDown Live division, the main events really around AJ, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon like that's been the storyline going into this right and then uh, as we kind of talked about on Monday they randomly announced last week oh hey Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin are having a match next week like oh okay cool Mm. great I guess and then a couple of days later, Shane McMahon was like, oh, yeah, by the way, the, the winner of those two, of those, of that match, will be put into the championship match. And we're like, huh, what two odd people to pick, considering that neither have any momentum and no one really cares about either of them. And that's not Dolph's fault. I, want, I hasten to add that it's not Dolph's fault. And I appreciate that he has his fans, but it's not like he has been on a real tear at the moment, as you sort of said there had this really intriguing storyline of him relinquishing the United States Championship, leaving the company, and then just just came back at the Royal Rumble, did nothing, mm. and then was just back on SmackDown this week. And so it, it's just really odd then for you to say, like, oh, cool, yeah, so Dolph's back. Apparently he signed this new contract. Also, he's now in the main event going for the WWE Championship. Buries the United States Championship means that Bobby Roode's win is completely worthless, which means that any feud that he has after that is completely worthless. And ran and like and now he's just insane. I think you're in hyperbole territory again. It's not completely worthless, and it doesn't devalue it completely, but it's certainly not helpful. It's certainly not helpful. 
Um, and it, it's just it's it's a really weird scenario that Dolph's is now Dolph's all, and like the whole show almost felt like built around him. And the 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 promos that were on Raw for SmackDown Live were all built around Dolph Ziggler. So you're like, why is Dolph mm. all of a sudden now your number two babyface? How did this happen? Because they spent the cash, they spent all they this money, out face. the big bucks. So funny. Tom Phillips on commentary said at the start of this show when Dolph was making his entrance which by the way sucks oh it's completely wrong so rubbish isn't it so you have a record scratch and then Dolph comes out to silence Mm -hmm. and then his music starts that's not how record scratches work (laughs) you have the music people pop then you take the thing they like away from it with the record scratch and it's silent then you can hear all the heat Hmm. you don't record scratch nothing that's doing the punchline first. There's no setup. It's it's wrong. But Dolph, so he, as he was making his entrance, Tom Phillips, in just perfect mwah, WWE retconning history, was like, ah, oh, he was offered this WWE Championship match, and that's what brought him back to mm. SmackDown Live. And I'm like, balderdash, mate, absolute balderdash. So there was so much of of the perfect example here of just do it better. Yeah, WWE. This was stuff bad because you mentioned Shane McMahon on Thursday with just a tweet saying, yep, that Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin match, the winner will be, uh, will enter the fast lane main event, make it a four-way. And first off, I understand that this is part of the larger storyline of Shane McMahon trying to one-up Brian and Brian trying to one-up McMahon. But don't tell that story on social media in a, in a flippant tweet. Tweet. Wouldn't it have been much more dram- dramatically impactful and structurally for the show if you start this match and just before it's about to, to begin and the bell rings, Shane McMahon comes out, by the way, the winner will go to Fastlane to be added to the main event. Everyone's like, whoa. And then they start to face each other and that's when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn run down and beat them up. So what happened on SmackDown was it opened with Ziggler versus Corbin, this match. Mm -hmm. Ziggler's out there. They play Baron Corbin's music once. They play it twice. He still doesn't come out and it cuts backstage and Sami, uh, Sami Owens, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are beating the the bejeebas out of Baron. Alistair Cole. Alistair Cole, Todd Phillips, and then they come down to beat up Dolph. And they did quite a cool bit where Sami Zayn goes through the crowd yeah. to cut off both bits. I appreciated that tactics. And KO and Sami beat up Dolph. Then Baron came out. They beat him up some more. Which is, you know, that was fine. It took a long time for people to come out to stop this from happening. And then that's when Shane says, uh, Sami Zayn will face... Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin will face Kevin Owens. If Ziggler or Corbin win, they will be added to the Fastlane main event. Mm-hmm. Now, first off, these four people are all heels. You've got the entire show built around heels, which is very problematic from a psychology standpoint. The crowd can't really invest themselves as much. It's it's not as easy to cheer, and it, you felt that, especially in the Owens-Corbin match, mm-hmm. where it was very flat. And they were chanting Rusev Day. Yeah, beca- and you... And then you're telling the story of, oh, but Baron and Ziggler were beaten down earlier. Uh, so you give them some empathy, even though they're the heel, they're, you know, coming back from an injury. But even then, it still doesn't work. And they overcame the the heels with the injury, which would be fine if it was a... Well, not fine, but it would be much more forgivable if it was a baby face. But this just made the heels look bad and it stopped the crowd fully getting into it. Plus... 
If Shane McMahon wanted to really stick it to Brian and Sammy and Kevin, he'd say, these matches, your place in the Fastlane main event is on the line. Or just say they're both now in the main event of Fastlane. Shane didn't need to put these two into matches to make that main event of Fastlane. He could have just said, because of Kevin and Sammy's actions, both men are Mm. now going to be in the WWE Championship match in a fatal five-way. I mean, I see what you're saying, but that would mean the entire episode would have no dramatic suspense. Mm -hmm. It was lacking a lot anyway, but at (laughs) least you were like, ooh, maybe one of the people I don't care about won't get in or win a match. I said this in the the, the SmackDown Live review, that this storyline is kind of fine it's in that it's Shane McMahon he's trying to you know he's trying to one up Daniel Bryan he's mm. not happy that Daniel Bryan has given Kevin and Sammy this this chance again so he's trying to add in some of his own lads just don't do it with Ziggler and Corbin yes because like they're two lads that no one cares about do it with Rusev do it with a member of the Rusev, New Day of course I was gonna say Xavier Woods Xavier Woods would have been perfect in yeah. this spot because, build him up yeah exactly you could have like and put him in a really big championship match because when the New Day came out one of the most overacts in the company everyone loves Rusev Day so they would have been getting behind mm-hmm. them during their matches with Owens and Zayn but Corbin and Ziggler it's Roman Reigns uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar a great story you've been telling all year just with the wrong guy mm. and this was a great story or a good story you've told it's in a, a show fine story. it's a fine story <laughs> hyperbole mate um, it's, you, you've, told, you've told a fine story here on Smackdown just with the wrong lads and I think that's where it really falls down so th- there's an interesting bit in there about how they might be trying to make Ziggler the right lad though because he came back as a heel with the record scratch stuff and we he, we left him as a heel but throughout this show, I did get a sense of them trying to turn Ziggler semi-face. Well, his promo was certainly a babyface promo. Yeah, so backstage after Shane McMahon announced this later on, Renee Young interviewed him and Dolph said, look, I was, you know, I was close to le- leaving, but I want the only thing that's eluded my career and that is main eventing WrestleMania. And I sniggered. I was like, that's never going to happen. But... You know, I like it when people say this is the most important thing. I I wish more people did that. Even though we know there's no chance of it happening, I appreciate the aspirations. Uh, So, yeah, that... What was I? What point was I making? I got distracted by WrestleMania. <laughs> well, you were the talking sign. About, you were talking about him possibly being a babyface and WWE yeah. trying to turn him babyface. Yeah. So that was that was the start of it. And when he worked the match against Zayn, he was selling the neck. He definitely worked as a babyface there. At the end of the show, Dolph is celebrating on the announcers' table, doing. He's like, "Yeah, look at me, show yeah. off!" And everyone was cheering for him. And it did take me aback. I was like, people were genuinely cheering for him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, Dolph. Dolph is good. The time's passed, unfortunately, that's, for me. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and, you know, if they can make me feel what I used to feel for Dolph again, that's great. I, I just don't think they can. Yeah, if you can try and recapture that magic yeah. from, what, 2012? Mm-hmm. So yeah, from them. six years ago. If you can try and recapture that magic yeah. from six years ago. And I don't think that's really possible now. Because here's the thing. like When Dolph was there saying, like, oh, the only reason I'm back is that I want a main event WrestleMania... A, like you, I was like, mate, you're not wrestle, you're not main eventing WrestleMania. Certainly not this year, and I doubt next year either. And then I suddenly thought, I was like, ah, oh, well, if he's not in these main event pictures, what is Dolph going to do at WrestleMania? Because mm. if Dolph doesn't do anything at WrestleMania, then all of this doesn't seem like it's got any point behind it. So yeah. Dolph has to then have this killer feud 
uh, to lead into WrestleMania, surely. If you're if you're spending all of this time and energy trying to build him up as this, you know, the number two babyface on the brand. I don't know. I think SmackDown are just being like, we're just waiting for the next draft or the post WrestleMania episode. Yeah. We're just gonna do this. For, for, we don't really care about what storyline is happening. It's mad. very lazy. It's just mad because you don't need to. Your mm. fast lane main event was perfectly fine being a triple threat. I know we've seen it and we saw it at the Royal Rumble and we're kind of done with this feud, but adding in Ziggler and Corbin hasn't exactly spiced it up. So you you may as well... And do you know what the, I thought was the most baffling thing about this? Mm. No AJ on this show at all. Yeah, no Nakamura. Well, Nakamura is one thing. AJ Styles is in that main event of Fastlane. You'd think, of everyone, he'd have something to say about this. He was once in a triple threat, now he's in a fatal five-way. You'd think he'd be like, hang on, lads, you're taking the piss here now. I'm, more, I'm trying to get to WrestleMania here. More importantly, he's number one on the SmackDown Top 10, <laughs> he and he couldn't talk to people about that. Uh, so the actual match, though, uh, Dolph did very well. Mm. I, I mean, this was a great, this was well, a really solid match. Yeah, it, it was a great match. It's just it's hard to get invested in. Mm. Exploder superplex. I just want to run through spots. Mm. Uh, zigzag kick out, and then a halluva kick miss. There was a light. This is awesome chant, and then uh, halluva kick runs into a super kick from Dolph, and Dolph wins. Yeah, I thought that was good. But should we do the whole SmackDown show now? It's a SmackDown review, Maggle. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. So we've already done the opening of SmackDown. Let's do the play-by-play for the rest. Charlotte beat Sarah Logan. Mm, after, what a predictable match. <laughs> after comfortably beating Liv Morgan last week, this was more competitive, but, yep, Charlotte quite easily um, uh, defeated another member of the Riot Squad with her, like, two down, one to go. Only this time, Becky Lynch and Naomi were ringside. Just, but I did, like, Becky Lynch and Naomi came down, and I, I did say... I think I think she's fine. Yes. I don't think she needs your backup at all. No. And lo and behold, she didn't. But guess what we've got next week? Probably some uh, singles feud with Charlotte facing someone else, right? Oh, no, no, Maybe sorry. Carmella. She's got the money in the bank briefcase. No, sorry. Oh, I don't know. You wouldn't I mean, want to I... make it too repetitive, would you? No, I mean, I don't want to like, try and guide your guesses even more. Mm. But there are three members of the Riot Squad, and Charlotte's got two mates. Whoa. They're going to do a six-woman tag. That's exactly right, a six-woman tag. Can't they just do an elimination chamber on Fastlane? <laughs> Put these six women in it. Yeah, so we're getting a six-woman tag next week, um, I guess to prolong the uh, the longer-weighted Charlotte Ruby Riots match that they've been building to. Mm. Maybe they're saving that for Fastlane. I th- I, that's what I assumed. I mean, the well, phrase, I could care less, is thrown around a lot these days. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of many things that I ju- apart from maybe like IT recruitment mm. that I genuinely care less about than than this feud um, a well I mean we're going to go about rumours the Lobo movie directed by Michael Bay hey at least that's something to get angry about <laughs> this is uh, this is so disinteresting well apparently the one of the rumours I heard... Um, we're not going to talk about Lobo. No, we're not going to talk about right, Lobo. I no, no, thought the, you were going to get sidetracked. No, no. One of the rumours that I did hear, I think it might have been from uh, Rovert. Um, I think it was from him anyway, who said that expect in the next couple of weeks for Carmella to cash in Money in the Bank mm. and beat Charlotte. Um, which And this could actually happen as of next week because Charlotte's going to be at Elimination Chamber to appear during the Ronda Rousey contract signing segment. Right. So Ooh. maybe... This might get interesting next week. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so uh, it, it's just the Raw Women's Division 
is amazing right now. The so last good. two weeks has been incredible. We'll talk about that later when we cover Raw. But, uh, but like, even the Mickey James Alexa Bliss stuff, which is the lowest tiered storyline, I'm intrigued by. This is your only and main women's storyline on SmackDown. And it, like I said, I couldn't care less. It's going nowhere fast. So next up, we had Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan backstage. This was where Shane said that uh, the the matches between KO and Corbin and Ziggler and Sammy were going to happen. And, and Bryan was just like, yep. He had no reaction. No reaction. No reaction. He had um, zero Fs to give, as you might say. Mm. And then Baron Corbin beat Kevin Owens. It was a it was an okay match, but the crowd weren't into it because no. it was a heel versus heel, and Baron Corbin isn't really a heel that people can get behind as a babyface thing. Having said that, I I've become such a fan of Baron Corbin's in ring work mm-hmm. in 2018. Yeah, I, I, I like Baron. I just I just it's... like all these spots. I like when he runs down and runs around the turnbuckle. I like the end of days. I like the. End of Days is a great finisher. Uh, the deep the Six. Deep Six. I love the Deep Six. Yeah. So I, I, I like Cor- Baron. Cor- Corbin's is grand. He's he's absolutely fine. But you're right that like no one particularly cared about this match, which is a shame. You know, as I said earlier, it'd have been better if it was two other people. If, they, if like if it was Xavier Woods in this position, mm. actually I preferred Xavier Woods against um, Zayn. But if you'd had Rusev in this position, different story. What about KO looking a bit lame because he couldn't beat up Corbin? Who would just because at least Dolph had pretty much the rest of the show to recover. This was very clear. This was one match after Corbin was beaten down mm-hmm. backstage quite brutally. Owens couldn't overcome him with this, uh, you know, was quite a, a lofty stipulation on the line. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's not great either, is it? No, no. Next up, or oh, speaking no. of not great. Bobby Roode's US title open challenge. I was gonna, well, I was going to say, can we talk about easily the best segment on this whole show? I thought this segment oh, ruled. We're going there, are we? I thought this segment ruled. I thought it was passable, but it was all about top ten lists. Well, yeah, at, at least it's playing into character. That's a good thing. Like, if you're going to have this top ten gimmick, okay. at least have it like work within storylines. You may as well, like, rather than just announce it and be like, mm. "Here's a top ten list," and then never mention it again. At least this is a top ten list, and characters are building stories off of it. That's fine with me. Not they... good stories, though. Well, how's this not a good story? Like, I because it's about an arbitrary top ten list voted, did... voted for in kayfabe mm. by the boys backstage, or boys and girls, I should say. So. You know, uh, Bobby uh, Bobby Roode is there for this United States Open Challenge. He talks about, like, last week where he was RKO'd from out of nowhere by Randy Orton. And he says, look, I'm doing this Open Challenge, and I want to face someone... I want to fight someone face-to-face, not just be RKO'd from out of nowhere. That was a nice line. Yeah. yeah. And that brought out Randy Orton. Sorry, I've just not my headphone, Jack. Um, so that brought out Randy Orton. My name's not Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you apologising to Jack? I brought out Randy Orton, and it was and Rude was really happy. He was like, "Yes, let's have this match." And the commentators were like, "Oh man, how lucky are we to get to see this match?" And then Jinder Mahal came out. Jinder Mahal interrupted, and he pointed at Randy and he said, "Randy, you're a 13 time world champion. You were a part of Legacy. You were a part of Evolution. You were the face of this company, and we voted you ninth out of ten. And Randy Orton's there and just like, and he's like, this guy here, pointing at Bobby Roode, like, he's been here six months and came fifth. 
And it was really good because mm. Jinder Mahal was there just being like, ha, 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 look at you coming ninth. What a complete loser. And making, you know, and just trying to like rile up Randy Orton. Bobby Roode had the excellent line was like, mate, you didn't even place. And Jinder was incensed by all of this. And his reactions to this were just so wonderful because he, I get a, as a perfect mm. heel. And I, I thought everyone in this segment was really great. And it's created this three-way dynamic for the United States Championship all from the top 10 list. It's, uh, I do not care for the top 10 list. If you take that out of this, I think it's a better, better little trio thing. But then why is Jinder uh, trying to rile up Orton? Just come up with something else. <laughs> just do I don't better. know, just do it better. Uh, I, having said that, I really, really admired Jinder's performance here. Like you said, he, he was just on his A game. It, it almost feels like the pressure of being forced into this main event spot where he must know he must know he doesn't belong there. We all know he doesn't belong there. Everyone in that company knows he doesn't belong there. You know, at least at that point in his career, because he was a jobber one week and then he was fighting for the title and then winning it the next. Almost like Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but here it's like, but at least Dolph Ziggler has a history. This was Jinder oh, was a yeah. jobber for his entire career. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But this, it's like the pressure's been taken off. This is how you should have organically built up Jinder. And he feels so at home here. He feels so right. And you know what? If you give him a US title run, if he's, if he's a solid mid-carder for the next year, year and a half, and then at a B pay-per-view before SummerSlam next year, he's getting a title shot, then I'm like, if, he, if he's as good as he is here, I'm like, yeah, give the guy a chance. Yeah. But that wasn't what happened. But yeah, I very much enjoyed Jinder here. Uh, I did not enjoy Bobby. I've just I'm I'm not enjoying this Bobby Rude. I don't like the smiling thing. Why would you be so cheery, happy? Ha ha! You RKO'd me last week. That's face to face. I respect the hell out of you, though, man. I don't want to no, see no, that. What he said was, "I respect everything that you've done," and I, you know, and which is fair enough. But he was like, "But I'm sick." of being RKO'd from out of nowhere and I'm sick of seeing everyone RKO'd from out of nowhere so that's like Bobby wasn't saying like ha 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 you RKO'd me from out of nowhere bants no it was like he, he, that's why he wanted to fight Randy Orton he wanted to fight, fight him face to face like a man yeah but I, I don't think that's what works for Bobby's character if you're going to make him a, it's not an engaging character if you make him a face engaging character. Yeah. I'm just arguing that it works for that character if you got. make but if you make him a face at least have him be a badass. Do all those lines, just don't say, I respect you at the start. Because then it it does, it does doesn't give everything afterwards the weight. And the line he had about John Cena, where he's like, I'm going to emulate a great man for the US Open Challenge, John Cena. I was just like, like I, agree, like, I agree that US Open Challenge era of Cena's career was, was really, really great. But just hearing Bobby Roode say it, just smacked of insincerity and I've been forced to say this and the crowd I loved how the crowd almost Pavlovian boo like yeah. there's a like smack boo so I didn't like that I just I I enjoyed gender I didn't like anything else about this I thought this was a great segment and I thought that this was a great segment that actually put a bit of interest into uh, the United States Championship which is a good thing shush <laughs> because now <laughs> Are you going We've to say got the this, new day. Are you going to say this was the best segment? I am very much enjoying... I feel like American Beta, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable have finally found their characters. Yes. It's not a main event tag team character yet, but they're not in, the, they're not in that mix right now. Uh, 
so I think this is fine for a New Day feud. And I really enjoyed this. So New Day came out. It's Pancake Day. Mm. Of course it is. So they they were Biggie was going to break the record for eating the most pancakes in eight minutes. It was disgusting to watch him try. Mm. And he didn't he didn't even really get one. He just stuffed a load in his mouth when Corey was perfect, where he was like, he's not even eaten one. Mm. <laughs> Gable and Benjamin came out and said, look, we are. You know, we're serious wrestlers, yeah. and here you are doing this. When I was training for the Olympics... Great line. Really like, you I, can't have carbs like that, training for the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you must be having a hemorrhage backstage. Yeah. I thought, I, you know, it's, it's weird because... I don't know if this was a good segment. I honestly don't know if this was good. Mm. Because at the end of it, I, I really enjoyed the match that they had afterwards for the five minutes that they wrestled. But I was sort of watching the start of this, and I was like... If my wife walked in now, and my brother was staying over as well, I was like, if my brother like came in and saw me watching this, would I feel really embarrassed by this? Mm. And I think I would, because these are five grown men in the ring arguing about pancakes, and it's very silly. And like, I love Chad Gable doing with his George gimmick; it's my favorite thing on SmackDown. But like. Shelton Benjamin like throwing pancakes on the floor and Biggie getting really mad. I'm like, this is goofy as all hell. So, I'm not sure I like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this out. I love it when inanimate objects get over as serious bits. <laughs> I've literally written this in my notes. I so I'm not gonna disagree with anything you said because I can totally see how, how you would but I personally this is fine material fine comedy material but the performers in particular woods well all of the new day and gable just made it this you couldn't have done this thing any better for me uh and just the way they take a pancake and just throw it on the floor and everyone sells it like a big thing like when mitch the plant and the jacket and the scarf with the dean ambrose and- oh you're talking about that really great dean ambrose chris jericho feud oh come on. but i i i do like it when it just feels like a ooh when everyone knows it's not legit but it did turn into something quite not serious but at least a bit competitive when new day when Xavier quite you know absolutely reminded we're the longest running tag team champions easy to forget yeah yeah well, i was like you were you were uh but it just it just I, I liked it i liked it and the match was pretty decent as you said great rolling kick from gable oh, i've never that... seen that before well him did a rolling <laughs> kick he doesn't like every match does he yeah <laughs> for some reason it only got me there uh <laughs> he does it in every match but the, mo- the most impressive thing in this match aside from biggie's amazing hot tag comeback yes was the Chaos Theory suplex to Big E. Like, Chad mm. Gable, man, what an athlete he Core is. Strength. Core strength. It was Core so, strength. It was so awesome. Like, that was great. Mm. And it was like, I think I said this last week about, um, I can't remember who it was. I kind of talked about a team that I really liked. I was like, I hope we get to see this on pay-per-view where they have a lot of time to do this. So once again, I'd like to see this feud. Was it The Ascension? No, I think it was no, the Ascension. No. It might have been Chad Gable, you know. Mm, mm. But um, it, I'd I'd like to see this on pay per view. Given some time, I think this could be a, a fun little feud. Particularly because the end of the uh, the end of the match, the referee missed Chad Gable getting the tag to Shelton Benjamin because Xavier Woods was distracting the ref. So the New Day won, but they didn't win fairly. Mm. So that gives Gable and ben, uh, Benjamin um shads and belts as i've decided to call them now um no shads and gabes to uh to to say hey you cheated last week we're real athletes we don't cheat 
it's a yeah it's it's a good way to continue the feud but it is a finish that's been quite overused recently in tag matches on smackdown so like when like when it happened to the usos like when it happened to american the, yeah in the usos like three weeks ago what so the usos tagged uh, even though one of them wasn't the legal man. Oh, no, they pinned the wrong man. Yeah. Oh, no, that... but it wasn't... I thought you were talking about, like, specifically, well, a member on the outside distracting the ref. And not... Yeah, I just... I didn't like... I I thought it was a bit repetitive. I, but, yes. Yeah. I, I thought I was defending this segment. <laughs> Why am I crashing it? Uh, I feel like sometimes I just... Okay, Luke's taking this position. I'm going to crap on it. The opposite. <laughs> Take him down. So <laughs> Dolph next was with that babyface backstage uh, interview. Uh, then we had Ka- Cammy. Uh, what have you done to me, Styles? <laughs> Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It did get over. They had a, a, a bit of a shouting match because Owens got beaten by Corbin and Sammy's like you're letting me down and I thought we were done with the tension last week I don't want to see tension no, we between they had a match two. last week I know but I was kind of hoping they'd forget about it and the bad storytelling well, way WWE I, do I thought it was all part of their big master plan but I'm starting to think now that there is no master plan and there is actually genuine tension between these two mm. and we possibly might be teasing these two having a Wrestlemania match it, you know six months after they got together which would be just awful it's just they're such an engaging act when they're doing the over, overly friendly best friends forever thing. Why would... And you don't need to tease dissension. What making... Putting that dissension element in there just makes them not an engaging act at all. And I love Kevin Owens. I love Sami Zayn. I don't want to see them like this. I no. don't find it interesting. Uh, so that's not good. However, no. now we have the best bit of the show. Oh yeah, this was really, really great. Over and to actually, you. And I've, and I've watched this twice, and it is really seamless. It was a, I don't know where they do the transition. Yeah, I don't know if, they, if, if this was really impressive. So, um, the new uh, the new day, the Usos are backstage cutting one of their trademark great promos, and they're kind of doing this like weird sort of industrial area, this sort of smoke and stuff, and it just feels really gritty and different to everybody else they're, they're walking along as well yeah. which really makes the camera dynamic and they're just sort of talking about how great the usos are and about how they're you know welcoming people to the uso penitentiary and then all of a sudden hammers smash the screen and you're like oh it's a weird graphic thing no it pulls back turns out the bludgeon brothers were watching this on a tv screen that they've just destroyed much like their old tag team partner braun Strowman when he destroyed mm. kurt angle's office yeah it's, it's that white family uh, tease that they're all getting back together. Oh, yeah. Oh, Renee did not like that. No. Um, so they smashed this TV and then posed with their hammers and looked awesome because the Bludgeon Brothers are awesome. They So we're three weeks in now to this Usos Bludgeon Brothers teasing and they've they've changed it up every week and they haven't even addressed each other. Yeah. Like, they haven't said any words that uh, the Bludgeon Brothers maybe not maybe haven't even looked at the usos this is this is good stuff is and awesome. it's just a little bit each this is how you extend out a feud you don't have them face each other every week you keep them apart and then you bring them together keep them apart bring them together loved it loved it loved it i was so so worried that eric and luke would say something after they'd smashed i thought they were going to go down is up <laughs> smashed is broken is fixed uh, and <laughs> Or welcome to the Bludgeon Penitentiary. Yeah, like, and I, please don't say anything. Just, this is good. This is good. Just stay silent and looking mean. And to their credit, they didn't say a word. I would love to see you do 
your versions of uh, Bludgeon Brothers promos, mm. where it's just you saying absolute nonsense. Yeah. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of the Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you will get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a bonus monthly podcast where Ollie and I review pay per views from wrestling's past. Last month we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom 10, and this month's show will be No Way Out 2004, a true feel good pay per view where Eddie Guerrero won the WWE Championship. And we have just announced that $10 plus backers will get access to a brand new exclusive Patreon podcast, Ramble Club, where Ollie and I will review NXT, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all that comes in between. We've revamped our entire Patreon reward system, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Haha, <laughs> it's a raw review looking jack, man. WWE Raw now opened with John Cena coming out right away. And he sort of did a, a hug with Coachman. And then he comes down to the ring and cuts an in-ring promo about how he's worried he won't have a WrestleMania match. And <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. So he's, his whole thing is, I've got to win the Elimination Chamber. And that's how I'm going to get my WrestleMania moment. Now, a lot of people have crapped on this. And I, you know, I made a joke about it in my review that your so John's you on it too. Then. Well, <laughs> I just pointed out a bit of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. John Cena, your John Cena, you're going to have 
a match at WrestleMania, yeah, whether the, you like it or not. Yeah, you're you are not Dolph Ziggler in this, where you think, mm. well, you might get a WrestleMania match match off this push. It's this is yeah. very much like a no, you're having a WrestleMania match. You probably got one next year as well. It's not like uh, just a minor WrestleMania. You're going to be in a featured main event moment at WrestleMania, or maybe just so shaken by SummerSlam against Baron Corbin, the Survivor <laughs> Series cameo. Elias at the Royal Rumble. He's like, oh, maybe, maybe I am on my way out. But I, 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 and I see why people approach that with cynicism. However, I think it's a nice story. I like it. I want everyone on the card, like I said about Dolph Ziggler, to be wanting that WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. Even you know, I, I want everyone to be chasing the top titles. Uh, you know, really gets over stuff as an important thing. Yep. Elimination Chamber felt like a really important concept on this show as well, with Seth Rollins saying he wants to be in on it, and John Cena saying it here. So are we so- thinking that um, Cena gets distracted by an Undertaker dong at, Rus- at uh, Elimination Chamber, and that's what causes him to get eliminated? I, I think, yes. Yeah, so there was a line in Cena's promo where he said, he's running through all the great things WrestleMania does, and then he says, WrestleMania can bring a legend back from the dead. And I took that as the start, well, the, like the third setup tease for an Undertaker thing, because he's, mm. he's ref- made references like that in the past. Uh, I And I think that's good. Like, you know, or maybe he loses Elimination Chamber. You tell the story just by himself, just by being a bit past it. And you tell the story of Cena is now out on his ass a bit. And he's like, I, I might miss out on my WrestleMania match. And he becomes a little bit despondent and, you know, how am I going to get it? And then The Undertaker shows up. Like, I'm the one man you've never conquered at WrestleMania. I was going to say, The Undertaker shows up and like, sorry, mate, I'll have a match with you if you want. Yeah, come on, buddy. <laughs> it was, it was only a little retirement last year. I haven't got a match either. So should, yeah. we, just, should we have one together? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I like that story. And I don't mind if it's not believable. Yeah, in kayfabe yeah, terms, yeah. Cena hasn't got a match at Mania yet. And if we're we're going to believe in the the beautiful world of kayfabe, uh, it is good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, after all this, the Miz comes out and says, ah, "I think you've forgotten. This is the year of the Miz, and I'm going to beat you." And Cena challenges him to a match where it's like, if you that the loser here will have to enter the elimination chamber first. I think if. Um... If I remember correctly in the promo, didn't he say, like, um, hey, if we're going to talk about WrestleManias, let's not forget that I beat you mm. at WrestleMania. What I wanted was John Cena to then say, I was like, yeah, and the following year, you were in a multi-person tag match on Team Johnny versus Team Teddy, whereas I was in the main event against The Rock, and then I main evented the year following where I won the WWE Championship from The Rock. What were you doing? Well, you know, that would have trashed and really undermined The Miz's appeal. And he'd already done that by pointing out a guy in the front row saying, no, he's la- that guy over there is literally laughing at your chances of beating me and winning a main event in WrestleMania. Because Miz says, you know, I'm going to go on to face Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And yeah. So that I don't know how good that was. I don't like it when Cena does that. You do, Yeah, you're not keen on when uh, Cena literally says to people, Oh, by the way, mate, you're rubbish. Yeah. And you're never main eventing WrestleMania ever again, just so you know. And and we all know this. Yeah, yeah. I, because it's like, I, you can't have it both ways, John. You can't ask me to believe you're not going to get your WrestleMania match <laughs> and then point out that everyone else is too rubbish to get your WrestleMania <laughs> match. Uh, so they had a, this turned into a, a, oh my God, Kurt Angle. Oh, poor old I just Kurt. remembered, I just I, remembered he was involved in this. Once segment. again, bad night for Kurt. When is it not, unfortunately? Dear, dearie me. Kurt Angle comes out. This, he can hardly hear him because the crowd just want this to chant, you suck. And, you know, the old Kurt Angle, remember that? Oh, 
remember when he came out he's like I'm only coming da- out if you don't chant you suck mm-hmm. and he did that for like seven minutes <laughs> and it always got better every time because he'll come out and the crowd will just go for it even more (laughs) he worked them perfectly it's so good but that isn't you know this is scripted Kurt Angle these days not allowed to impro Kurt Angle so he just comes out and says tries to drown out the crowd himself with uh, a match and he said this isn't how Raw's gonna start and then he makes the match so it's like this is how Raw's gonna start yeah so it is how Raw's gonna start I think he was he meant to say something about because Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas jumped John Cena, uh, and then he ejected them from ringside. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. But it was a bit a bit messy Bad. from from old from old Kurt. <coughs> but uh, Miz and John yeah. had a, a good match. Went went a pretty decent amount of time mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, Although Miz uh, he locked in a sleeper hold for what felt like half the match. Oh, I did. It was well, a long old time. So the the the. The attitude adjustment is now not a finisher. I literally written here: kick out of AA. Cena needs a new finish. Well, well it, his new finish, I suppose, is uh, as a top rope AA or an uh, an avalanche AA. Mm. I think is the correct term. I I've only recently found this out. I um so as a triple A. <laughs> hey, a smaller battery. <laughs> yeah. I would really like to see. And, and this would be really interesting for Cena to debut a new finish just out of nowhere. Hmm. Just hit a new finish and just start pinning people off that. And it's because the AA means nothing now. Like, people kick out of it left, right, and center. It, it holds no mm. weight. But if Cena was able to, like, just start using a new finish and start getting that over instead... Like a hip toss. Yeah, like, you know... Based uh, on how good the, the AA is. Yeah, you know... I, that, something, that's not bad. Something that is really easy for Cena to do and something that is so safe for people to mm. take, then that's, that's Cena's perfect move, really. I like the move where he power bombs himself. <laughs> I think it's a hurricanrana. <laughs> So uh, John wins, and uh, for the record, I don't want that finish to be the no, springboard no. stunner because he was going to hurt oh someone. God, Remember when that yeah, was a little while? That. Oh dearie me! So uh, this this was a fine match, and afterwards Cena won. I was a bit like, nah, I was a bit sniffy on Cena, and then he gets out of the ring and he goes to the uh, a disabled child in the crowd, and you know hugs him and says something in his ear and gives him his wristband and then he got like what a guy shakes the hand of the mother and father of the boy i was just like god damn how can you hate this guy what sometimes? a wonderful man he yeah, is a like, wonderful human being snaps me out of my cynicism when i see stuff like that but a key point to this um which we actually haven't covered mm. is that the stipulation around this match was that the loser would be in the chamber first i did say that did you yeah sorry yeah. But I, for you, we can talk about it again well um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, which doesn't seem like a really massive stipulation, considering that someone else has to yeah, be first as well. Thought, yeah, that's what I thought. Or at least... And now, yeah. it looks like there's going to be three people, so Miz being in first doesn't actually seem that bad anymore. I think someone's going to just be strapped to the chains <laughs> instead of an extra pod. No, I want them to have a pod in the centre, so people have to work <laughs> around it. Yeah. A bit like in TNA when they did the barbed wire Christmas tree. Oh, Christ. <laughs> hanging in the centre of the ring. So next up, we had Woken Matt Hardy cutting a promo, saying the elimination chamber will be turned into the deletion chamber and he said delete for about two minutes yeah uh this was the first of many promos throughout the night through all for all the second chance people who were involved in the main event Mm -hmm. then we had the revival beating galanderson but not before a promo with some new graphics the nerdometer they love their graphics Mm. at the moment you are totally right on this it's to make gifts out of things Mm. it's to make shareable content yeah um i could do without it uh, and this was better than the prison graphics. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean that's 
yeah, I haven't seen much that's worse no, than the prison I mean, graphics. You know, low bar, but at least to low bar, everyone can get over. Yeah. Rockstar with Nakamura is just <laughs> is amazing compared to the, the, those prison ones. And that really upset you. So the revival attacked uh, Galanderson on the way down to the ring. They mm-hmm. just sort of uh, just did a normal punch to the back of Carl Anderson, but they did their favourite shot block yep. to Luke Gallo doc, no, Luke Gallows's <laughs> knee, and then they worked over Gallows' knee for the majority of the match, isolated him, and beat Carl Anderson with a shadow machine. Yeah. Like, this was this was solid wrestling. I, I just love watching the Revival wrestle, even if it is a very similar template every time. But that's their style. Yeah. Uh, I'm just worried that these guys are going to be stuck working with each what other what if this they are stuck with working each other and they have a match at um the elimination chamber mm-hmm. but it's a number one contenders match so there's actually some stipulation behind it there's actually some reasoning behind it I forgot who the champions were then it was the bar yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's awkward because i don't feel like galanderson are over as heels or faces I think they're they over are. they're over as finn's henchmen mm-hmm. or like valets because they don't even do any dirty work and the revival of heels the bar of heels not... they haven't got any other tag teams he's no, taking and rhino and titus worldwide and they're both jobber teams yeah well that, and that great Heath Slater and rhino storyline that's fizzled out god look at look at smackdown's tag division on you've got two really good story really good you've got two <laughs> solid storylines bludgeon brothers usos and Beta New Day, and then you've got Breezango and Ascension in the background as well. That's that's doing, a solid division. Doing stuff on www.com. Yeah, yeah. Heading to a pre-show near you. It's like Raw got the women's division and SmackDown <laughs> got the tag division. Yeah, S- uh, but this was a, a, a fine match. Mm. Next up, we had oh, Kurt poor Angle, old Kurt dear. Angle, dearie me. This was this was bad. Kurt came out and he announced that Ronda Eventually. Rousey will be yeah after. <laughs> forgetting everything and then mispronounce so he forgets lines and he restarts the lines and then he mispronounces simple words i think he called seth seven (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it just wasn't good probably could be i I think he was mixing uh seth and jason maybe Maybe that's what it was uh who knows but he said ronda rousey will be at elimination chamber to sign her raw contract. Yeah, which if the if this Carmella Cashin rumor is apparently true, does lead credence to that it's not going to be the Rousey Charlotte match at WrestleMania. Mm. And with Stephanie being on Raw, maybe it is going to be this um, this tag match. That's what I feel from it, at least. Because uh, you'd imagine Stephanie's going to be involved in the contract signing, and that would be a place where you to start this feud, mm. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still, I'm thinking this leaning towards the tag match. Mm, same. Uh, but Kurt also said that his son, Jason Jordan, will miss WrestleMania 34 because of a neck injury and his consequent surgery last Tuesday. <laughs> the crowd booed. And the crowd cheered. Well, they, the crowd, the cheered, crowd yeah. cheered that he was injured. And I saw uh, a few people be sniffing, like, how dare the crowd cheer someone who's injured? And I thought, do they know he's injured? I liked it. I think, you know, you're doing such a good job as a heel the crowd are cheering the fact that you're injured. Yeah, no, but I get that point as well. Of yeah. Just like, you shouldn't really cheer that someone is missing their WrestleMania payday. But it's, it could easily... To, to, to someone who isn't in our bubble, that sounds like a storyline. Yeah, but even so, you... Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I, get I, you. I thought it was I fine. see both sides. Yeah. And then Kurt, weirdly, like said, hey, don't boo 
uh, Jordan. He's my son. I thought, God, is Kurt turning heel? Like, is is that the start of a a Kurt heel turn to fill in for Jordan? Well, I was going to say, because when Seth came out, I suddenly thought, I was like, man, I wonder if they are going to start a, mm. a Seth-Kurt Angle program for WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so Seth came out and he cut a he cut a pretty decent promo. Yeah, actually, Seth was great here about how he wants to make Raw Monday Night Rollins again. Yeah, and he wants to be put in the chamber. He doesn't I... want to just be part of Raw. Mm. He wants to be Raw. He wants to be the guy. I thought it was great stuff from Rollins. And the way he was putting over the chamber, like put me in there, please. I want to you know win that and go on to WrestleMania. That really built up the chamber as something significant. I really <laughs> liked that. There was a moment, and I groaned out loud. When Kurt Angle said, "Like, if you can find a tag team partner, you could face the bar," and I was like, "Oh God, no, we're mm. not doing this, are we?" And then Seth, bless his heart, was like, "Mate, I'm past that." Yeah, <laughs> but no, no, you've got. Chamber. You're thinking of last week's script, Kurt. That's <laughs> last week's script. Oh, but then Kurt Angle did his favorite thing. He did the old um, Scott Hall trick of polling the fans. Mm. Did you come here to see the NWO or WCW? Uh, but the crowd chanted uh, for to put Seth into the into the match. Which again, like it's. I mean, I know it's a scripted thing, but it makes like zero sense because Rollins said, "Put me in the uh, the match tonight, and then you know if I win, I can go into the elimination chamber." And the crowd will start chanting yes. So then Kurt Angle was like, oh, "Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to ask the crowd. Make the crowd already told you what they mm. wanted. You don't need to ask them a second time." Yeah, I it's it's a bit campy for me. Maybe once every now and again but he did it with Alexa Bliss last week about you know should she defend the title in the elimination chamber this is a reference that won't travel across to America but it feels like a pantomime mm, it's quite panto isn't yeah, it yeah which is a British Christmas tradition where I don't know how would you describe it uh, how would you describe panto uh, panto is a to farce mm. it is they, they do fairy tales you do like Cinderella yeah. or Jack and the Beanstalk but it's all about the crowd are kind of in on the farce so we all the kids aren't I suppose the kids but the adults, yeah. the adults it's very tongue in cheek and yeah. we but we also like we're in on the fact that it's a play and the people on stage know it's a play we as the audience know it's a play and we kind of have involvement in that. So the the bad guy will be sneaking up behind the protagonist. We as the audience have to shout because the, the protagonist will be going like, where's the bad guy? Mm. He's behind you. And then there's a lot, of like, a lot of things like that. Yeah. Next up, we had a Bray Wyatt promo ahead of the main event. Spooky promo. He said he'll win the chamber for the second year in a row. And I was like, you won the chamber like well done Bray forgot about that man his lone highlight yeah. from 2017 was being WWE champion for mm. three weeks yeah yep. uh, then we had Sasha Banks versus Bailey, mm. which was pretty decent of course it was I, I mean like this unex- you know should be to be expected these two had a very good match really like Banks in her role mm. here Bailey is the hometown girl got some you know was got a great reaction I thought this was some some really good stuff. Uh, you yeah. know, and like Bailey can do an amazing sell job of the bank statements. Mm. She's really, really great in that. Uh, also, during this match, uh, Coach made a joke about the uh, the Corey Graves Booker T situation. When I think it was like, I missed that. Corey Graves, I think was saying something about like, oh, Sasha says these sorts of things on Twitter, and um, Coach goes like, well, Corey, you of all people know that if it's said on Twitter or a podcast, then it must be real. Nice, nice, good work, Coachman. But yeah, the uh, the Bailey Banks stuff was good. It's uh, and Banks was really working heel, not like, but not full. That's what I loved about it. It was a very subtle heel, yeah. and she'd do. Uh, there was a, I think, was it near the end? She went off into the corner and did sort of Bailey's yeah. taunt where she. 
uh, waves her arms around and goes to run in and then Bailey reversed that. So, Good uh, stuff. yeah, this Good was, stuff all around. This is like a, a really, really nice character piece. And it's uh, and it makes me excited to see where this feud's going to go. Finally, <laughs> after two years almost of Bailey and Banks being Treading water. sickly best friends. yeah. And an, another uh, top rope move to mm. uh, to finish off the match. Uh, top rope, Bailey to belly. Or was it well, second, second rope? rope. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're, they're about to either hug or fight. It was ambiguous. It was vague. Vague. I like <laughs> it. it. Yeah. Ambigu- ambiguous. ambiguous. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, yeah, you did, didn't know where it was going to go. And rather than blow it off right there, Nia Jax attacked them both. So great. Great way. And, and and I was like, well, why is Nia doing this? And she beats them both up, and then she walks up the ramp, and Charlie Caruso asks a pretty... An actually interesting question. Yeah, I was like, Nia's going <laughs> to deck you, Charlie. <laughs> It was like, what gives you the right to interfere in that match? It's great. Charlie was awesome here. Yeah. And uh, Naya pointed out those two women took Asuka to the limit over the last two weeks. And I just crushed them. And I was like, you have just not only, you know, nicely made a cliffhanger out of one story, the Banks and Bailey. You have really nicely developed the Naya Asuka feud. This is that great storytelling. I um, really, yeah. really liked it. Really, really liked it. I liked everything about this. And uh, Nia debuting somewhat of a new look as well with her hair. Oh, yeah. yeah, it yeah, was yeah. nice. Yeah, good. she ran it by me first. Then we had Rollins and Reigns backstage. Uh, of bring, course, bringing the... up your favourite spot from the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so they, they joked. They had some friendly... <laughs> They had some friendly banter. They did. About Reigns eliminating Rollins from the Royal Rumble. <laughs> you I just, I'm, yeah. This, uh, this was a segment. I mean, yeah. I've got very little to add on this. I, I just, just kept laughing when, as soon as they were joking about the Royal Rumble, I was like, ooh, Wally's going to be mad about this. Well, I, and then the bar came along, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> They're going to have a little tag team bout. But actually, it ended up in a nice, a nice heavyweight bat, uh, clash between Reigns and Sheamus later on. Mm-hmm. Then we had a very good video package on Asuka. This promo rules. Yes. This was so good. Mm. Where was the, Where has this video been? Like, since her debut on Raw, where has this video been? Well, they care about the women's division now. Oh, I suppose that's what it yeah, is. It's, and, it's, and Rousey's going to Raw. So you have to build it. That's why the SmackDown bloody ta- women's division mm. hasn't only build behind it. They don't care, but they it, have to do it on Raw. It is crazy to see like the women's division pre-Rumble, the, pre- the pre-Ronda Rousey era. It's not just pre-RR Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's pre-Ronda Rousey too. And then the last two weeks, it's just a completely different show. And it shows that WWE, when they care, they've got, they can do very good like flesh out their divisions and storylines and feuds and tell intriguing tales. When we keep saying, just do it better. They have the ability they to. They know how to do it better. They just, you know, sometimes it seems like they don't care. Like if they can do this at the drop of a hat, why don't they do it for all of it? They've yeah. got enough people working backstage in their writing team. And it's easy to joke, WWE writers, they don't know what they're doing. They probably all do. It's just as a filter by the name of Vince McMahon and we only get what he likes and you know sometimes he hits he, he, I like what he likes mm-hmm. but you know sometimes I don't yeah sometimes yeah. I don't but this was an awesome video package really put Asker mm. over strong big big fan of this I would watch this again yeah 
Uh, then we got the Titus Worldwide promo. Cruise can't lose. Cruise can't lose, Cruise mate. Cruise can't lose. There was a brilliant moment. Like, Apollo's not the world's greatest promo, bless his heart. But there was a moment when, like, Titus was doing the interview. Like, he told Renee to, like, take some time off. He was going to pay for a vacation for her off Titus mm. Worldwide's dime. Because um, Titus got loads of money because his um, clients obviously keep winning all the time. Um, but so he's there interviewing Apollo Crews and he's kind of going through each person saying like hey here, uh, here's wrestler X and then Apollo would do a, a, a line that kind of ties into their gimmick like he's like oh Bray Wyatt, uh, Bray Wyatt he's the eater of worlds I'm gonna eat him or something ridiculous like that <laughs> and it got to Seth Rollins and he's like Seth Rollins gonna burn it down and Apollo Crews goes I will extinguish his fire Oh. And it was like he put the inflection on the wrong word. It's like, I will extinguish. Oh, no, but I've had two more words to say. His fire. Uh, his fire. That's, uh, that's, a, that's cane verbiage. <laughs> what a viscerate. Uh, oh, man. Do you know what? I was, I was listening to a podcast mm-hmm. where they were playing um, some of Kane's promos when he came back. Um, for his feud with John Cena yeah. and that was when they were doing this big thing it's like Kane's going to come back as like the monster the big red machine Kane's going to have the mask again and then the first thing he did was just sort of cut these promos on John Cena where he's like John oh John and then sort of, I can't remember what it was Cena but I was like Cena you have done these things that even I find disgusting I'm a monster but you are worse than I am I was like, oh, this is why I, hate, I completely mm. turned off Kane. Was and that it, corporate Kane or was that? No, was that, that, was, that was when he came back with the Rocketeer mask. Right. Yeah. Oh, so a while ago. Yeah, it was Not like 2012, <clears throat> I think it was. Um, then, so after the uh, those several video package and backstage skits bit, we had Alexa Bliss and Mickey James losing to Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. But we also had a backstage skit with them as well. Did we? Yes, they were. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where they, they kind of announced that they were teaming tonight because Mickey mm-hmm. James, once again, tried to get Biscuit Buster thing, uh, and it didn't really work. But, um, yeah, they sort of talked about, like, because Bliss was essentially apologising to Mickey, to being like, hey, you know, I said these things about you, but I, I apologise for those. We need to team up tonight. Mm-hmm. Again, Bliss trying to find friends within the Elimination Chamber to help her out, which should, in theory, pay off uh, come the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, and I liked it because... We all know that Alexa Bliss is not doing this genuinely. And Mickey James was not buying it. Yeah, she's Mickey like, James knows I, as well. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm not a stupid baby face. I know what you're doing here. Uh, we'll work together now. But when the time comes to it, I'm going to try and get your belt. Yeah. So that was, that was uh, well executed. And it just, the, you know, the last few segments, you had a long Sasha Banks-Bailey match. Then you had the... Rollins and Reigns. Then you had the Asuka video package, Titus Worldwide. Then you had another women's match. This was... They are really devoting at least an hour of the show to the women, which is really good. There was one more line in this Mickey promo. Mm -hmm. And I've I've written it here, and I can't remember the exact wording or how it was like... like, You're a mother. No, it it wasn't that. It was like... I think she was like, if you're trying to get... Like, if you're trying to... If you think that I'm buying into what you're saying, she says, you are buttering the wrong biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) Real people don't talk like that. Yeah. Uh, in the actual match, though, Rose uh, beat Mickey. So Mandy Rose got the pin mm-hmm. on Mickey James after Alexa was taken out on the apron by Sonya Deville. Alexa Bliss, wonderful working as the, like the fake baby face yeah, of the yeah. ring. She was so great in this role, like proper cheering on Mickey James. Mm. I thought Bliss was great in this segment. And then Alexa saved Mickey from the beatdown afterwards. Yeah. Uh, now, 
<laughs> right, okay. we, we've spoken about this and yeah. you said you didn't know where you fall on it. Like the Biggie pancake thing, mm. I don't know where I stand on this because I laughed throughout this and I had such a great time. I, at the opposite of the Biggie thing, I thought this was so funny. I thought Elias was great. I thought Braun was great. And it's just, it was so entertaining. But at the end of it, I was like, but Braun is being very goofy. And I, it kind of diminishes him being a monster when he's acting there with his big double bass, snapping the string to be like, I've snapped the strings, so I'm going to snap you. And it's like, I don't know, it's a bit goofy, it's a bit corny. But I will say, I laughed throughout. It was so funny. I, I'm i fully behind this. I, I'm not as... Uh ambiguous as you are <laughs> first off so elias is down in the in the ring and they've been building this up as him debuting a new song the chamber blues and he does his usual what does wwe stand for and the crowd go crazy walk, walk with, with elias. elias did you hear the story about elias and john cena no so apparently this i can't remember where he told this but it was on a podcast recently that late last year elias goes hey john like I'm working on this thing where WWE stands for Walk with Elias and Cena just goes you've just blown my mind you need to make something and apparently Cena was like of course and that's why they went with it nice yeah so we can thank Cena for this I mean it's so over and Elias is so over in this act yeah did you see that I'm on the Elias bandwagon or the tour bus at the <laughs> did you see his ride along preview no I don't know if the full episode's up yet it looks like it's just him in the back of a, oh, a limo lovely. and he's going from tour to tour. Nice. And he's just trashing people's hometowns. It's like, I'm going from this place to this place because this place stinks, but this place ain't much better. Very yeah. nice. So very much into Elias. But he's trashing San Jose and the song is about, yeah, the, the, who still cheer him. The song's about that. And then uh, he runs down each person he's going to face in the chamber. Of course, he's the last person in. He so is. he's got something to be smug about. But then the, uh, well, it would be Jojo, wouldn't it? Introduces Braun Strowman. <laughs> and a light appears at the top of the stage and Strowman's just sitting there. Not, <laughs> not with the instrument at first. And I'm, a, I'm immediately like, yes. Yeah. I didn't know I wanted this. But I'm so in for it. And then Braun doesn't say anything, stands up, walks, compl- you know, you cannot see anything in this darkness. And he comes back with... It's debated. It's a double bass. A double bass or a cello. It's not a cello. It's a double bass. They look so similar. I know, but it's a double bass. How I'm you telling you it? now, man. It, I, as soon as I saw it, I wrote down, it's a double bass. But that doesn't make me... I mean, like, I'm not going to say it's definitely a cello or I, a double bass. I but I wouldn't think, be so bold to say it's definitely a double bass. I think... I don't know. I haven't seen... I haven't played a cello. But I'm pretty sure cello has thinner strings. Okay. And this did not have thin strings. Okay. Well, anyway... He had a large guitar. He had a large string instrument. Or as the coach said, the biggest guitar biggest he's, guitar ever, seen. he's ever seen. Uh, so he... Yeah, he, and then Strowman puts it between his legs and I thought, he's not gonna. He's he's not gonna sing. He's just gonna go down there and beat someone up, right? And then maybe flip the ring. No, he's sung in his non-monster voice. Like his normal... What's his real name? Adam Scher something. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, I know uh, Braun Strowman his real voice and how he talks in all these like vines and instagram videos and he had a pretty decent voice and he was just he looked so so 
I don't know what I was just enjoying him. He, he looked like he was having fun, but he wasn't having fun in the way where it's like goofy. Well, I guess it was goofy, but like where he, he was corpsing and smiling at the thing. He was having fun in so a very fun, good yeah. performance. And Elias occasionally went over the mic, uh, no, no. <laughs> like, which is really good as well. And then they, Braun walked down after breaking the strings and uh, he beat up Elias for a bit. And I was worried that the cello, double bass, whatever, wasn't going to come back and wasn't going to come back into play because I thought, oh, it, you know, that's a that's a big weapon. <laughs> but Braun got out the ring as Elias is crawling away. When he swung that double bass over his shoulder, it just looked incredible mm. because I was like, I wonder how he's going to carry that down to the ring. Just slung over his shoulder the same way that Elias carries his guitar. I was like, that's even better. So what way would you hit someone with a double bass slash cello? Would you hit them with the pointy string side or the flat backed? Well, that's the, yeah, that's side. the bit you're meant to hit them with. But he hit Elias with the string side. Did he really? Yeah, I, yeah. I just saw him just like just throw it down. And like because it's so big, I was like, man, yeah. there must be so much momentum behind this thing. Yeah. I know it's gimmicked and everything, but it crashed down hard on him. It made a big old clattering sound. Yeah, as I said, I don't quite know where I sit on this segment because I loved it. It really made me laugh. It, I loved Braun. I loved Elias. I loved everything about it, particularly mm. as you mentioned there, the him standing on the soul, walking into the shadows, and just the sight of him coming back with this huge... This, I'm just going to keep calling it a double bass. Just walk back with this double bass just really made me chuckle. But... I don't I don't know like is it too much comedy for Braun it's a, it's a bit like the cake thing I was going to bring up it's, the cake, it's like yeah. the cake thing I laughed when he did the cake thing but at the end of it I'm like mm, should I be laughing at Braun Strowman so we, we talked about this yesterday and my argument remains that well not argument but like because like, like if you're like this is too goofy for Braun I totally yeah, understand that I side yeah, of it, I get it. but uh, I personally I think that his style because you brought up the undertaker that, like yeah. you would never let the undertaker do this and i was like well the undertaker is kind of a different level of monster he's a supernatural very somber serious monster whereas braun Strowman, the the acts he's done is so comic book goofy and crazy it's kind of like how you can have the hulk in a comic book and you can have him in a very tortured storyline where he's genuinely full of rage and then the next comic he can be sipping martinis with jeff goldblum on a party planet and it all kind of works because at the core you know people i I guess if you really want to flesh out a three-dimensional character whereas wrestling this isn't a bad thing generally works on two-dimensional characters mm-hmm. people hear 2d and they, they think that's a bad thing but actually 2d it's like you've got two elements to a character uh, but like the three-dimensional ones are people hang who can be sad and happy and the, all the things in between and that's kind of what i got from braun and that's you know where the hulk is so long lasting and enduring yeah yeah i liked it it yeah, was a mix I, of comedy and badassery yeah and, and I, I totally get that and i, I certainly wouldn't say that you're wrong or, or anyone who, mm. uh, who says that is wrong but yeah it's, i don't know maybe i i like my monsters to be monsters but then you're absolutely right you said like i i said what well, you wouldn't put the undertaker in this position and then i thought about like when kane was a monster back in sort of 2002 and then he went backstage and did like the the kane maniacs and things like that when he's doing the stuff with mm. hulk hogan i'm like well he's now just a completely goofy like what a doofus when the cane of runes like what a do- he's no longer scary mm. 
but Kane can come back and be scary once again when he needs to be. And I think Braun's got that same thing. Braun can like walk around and eat cake, and then he goes into the ring with Brock Lesnar, knees him in the face as hard as he can, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot Braun Strowman's really scary. Yes, you should never do this with Brock Lesnar, for instance. Yes, you yes, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You should never do it with Undertaker. Kane, weirdly, yeah, he can, he can work. Team Hell, no. Yeah, per- I, brilliant, perfect. Yeah, yeah, but he get and you take him off telly for a few months, bring him back. He's a monster. Yeah. So next up, Just we have. John, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Finn Balor doing a promo backstage on his phone about the main event. Then we Smiling got away. the Roman Reigns Sheamus match, which was I, I really enjoyed it. Actually, there was a line in commentary. I don't know who said it. Who mentioned that Sheamus has main evented a WrestleMania, and I was racking my brain. I don't think he has. Well, that sometimes when they say main event, though, they mean top three matches. But I don't even think he's had a top three. It's match with Triple H. WWE champion one year. Yeah, I don't... But, mm. He had a match with Triple H, and that mm. might have been high up on the card. Like 09-2010. Yeah. Time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's ever, like, <laughs> truly main evented at WrestleMania. But there was some really nice counters here. I'm uh, hoping someone can prove me wrong. Yeah. The spear into the white noise counter, I was a big fan of. Yeah. Cesaro distracted on the outside, like, sort of hopping up onto the barricade. And the finish was a spear on Sheamus coming off the top rope. Yeah. Why was Sheamus on the top rope in the first place? I mean, probably it's, double, it's yeah, double axe handle. Yeah. But, that yeah, was good. what a shocker. Roman Reigns had a really good match. Yeah. Uh, and Ivory is in the Hall of Fame. Yep. And I'm so glad... They not only did they mention Glow, they mentioned Right to Censor, yes. and they kind of tied it perfectly in this this character story they were telling for for Ivory, like as if she was a, a you know a, a character within mm. WWE. I thought this was a wonderful video package, and they got some really great stuff out of that. Particularly one of my favourite Ivory uh, moments was her feud with China, which got very silly because they broke her neck. But it was great for Ivory promos. She's standing there with the big China. Um, standy. It's actually a bigger version of the China standy we've got in the studio. Mm-hmm. And she's just going, my friend China. And I was just, oh, she was so great in that role. And then we got the main event of Seth Rollins and Finn Balor beating Apollo Crews, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy in a with the winners being added to the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, some really good stuff in this. Although I, I particularly enjoyed um, Matt Hardy applauding uh, Bray Wyatt while he was doing his mm-hmm. um, crab walk gimmick. Um, that was a nice spot. Uh, for me, the standout, though, was Apollo Crews. They really like gave Apollo Crews a moment to shine where he mm. was just doing all of his big flip-de-doos. And... You know, he didn't mess up one of them. So yeah. that was I thought Apollo did really well in this. I thought, yeah, Apollo Crews really did like have his moment that he had was was really good i I actually came out liking bray wyatt mostly because the tower of doom spot was happening everyone was getting together in the corner ready to do some sort of power bomb superplex combination which you know is in no way realistic and but you know it always happens when it starts to get set up it always gets hit mm-hmm. but then bray wyatt ran over and and broke it up and i thought Yes! I've never seen this move broken up. And the crowd were like, boo! Well, if it would have happened, they would have just gone, yeah. But because it got broken up, they were really, they felt really cheated out of it. I loved you, it. Are you going to be excited for Braze Car promo next week or have a match? No, not that. Let's no. not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, but the, and, and this had poetic justice in the finish because it was off that similar spot 
where Balor and Rollins double pinned Wyatt yes. in that Tower of Doom thing. Yeah, I thought it was really nice. There were mm. some really like great spots in this actually. The um, good uh, match all round. Good match all round. Uh, I really liked um, Seth doing like the double blockbuster, and then he went to Tope City where he was just doing like, all of his running mm-hmm. Tope mm-hmm. stuffs. There was a great spot where he did. Um, he had like a twist of fate into a double foot stomp while uh, Matt had the pin, mm-hmm. and that led to a curb stomp on Finn Balor. It's like it's a really like great sort mm. of like series of moves. The bet like the way you should do these sort of multi-man schmoz matches um where it's like you don't you know you've got to have your head on a swivel you don't know where the next person's yeah. coming from and i thought they did all that stuff really really well the only thing i'm gonna nitpick and it's <gasps> weird yeah yeah because I, I i didn't really notice it until here you had all the entrances everyone came out and then you had the ad break and when we came back it was all going on Mm-hmm. and the, similar things happen all the time it happened on smackdown where we came back and the new day uh american beta match had got underway in the ad break but this was so built up this second chance saloon thing and it had all the promos leading up to it throughout the night i just i i felt like they undersold it by not having the big ring introductions you know this is for that introducing each person in the corner mm-hmm. and then start it and then after the initial big schmoz then you go to break mm-hmm. i just i just weirdly because it doesn't usually bother me but here i was it took me a while to get back in when we yeah, came back from that. break yeah felt like if i miss the very if i miss even like the first minute of a film i don't feel right for the rest of it yeah i get that yeah yeah uh but yes this was a good match and we end on a cliffhanger sort of sort of no yeah it didn't really we, no one really reacted we no we did end on a cliffhanger mm. raw ended on a cliffhanger and i i've written here like show ends awesome can't wait for next week love it when a show ends on a cliffhanger like this where you've got both Seth Rollins and Finn Balor arguing in the ring yeah. about like hey I won the match no I won the match and you've got the commentators going like who's going into the elimination chamber and then you just check on social media and you're like oh yeah 10 minutes later Kurt Angle announced on Facebook that both men are going in mm. who someone I saw someone comment yesterday that made me chuckle it's more chamber than ever yes which is an yeah. excellent tagline um, and I was like oh well that's why not save it? Why, why are you using this to push your Facebook page when you could use it to tell a really week to good week-to-week story? And I get it because WWE want to push their Facebook page. They want to get more likes. They want to drive more uh, traction to that, as particularly if you're trying to get them on, on Facebook Watch or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Kind of get all that. But use that platform to be, have Kangle saying, like, I'm going to make an announcement next week. I'm going to sit down. I've got to speak with Stephanie McMahon, and we're going to decide what's going to happen next week on mm. Raw. So you have to tune in to Raw next week to find out the conclusion of this. Rather than just him going, like, hi, I'm Kurt Angle. Both of you are going into the chamber now. Because now there's zero intrigue into next week's mm. show, which is a real, it's a real shame because you had that set up at the end. So, Raw Raw Smackdown, who won in your opinion? There was probably an eye at some point near, like, a bit far away, because yeah. if we have it too close to the end, it doesn't appear. And if it's not there, it's because you forgot. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So vote for who you think won Raw Raw Smackdown. I think I'm going Raw. This oh, without week. a doubt, Raw. Yeah. Come yeah, on, Raw it, yeah. was a really good show. Well, Smackdown no, I, yeah, was but, not a good show. Well, I know I, I, there were some bits on Smackdown I really liked, and I liked mm. the matches. I just think the story sucked. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely going Raw this week. I loved Raw. I thought this was the best Raw of the year so far. Mm, strong. Raw's been really great, though. Raw, yeah. This year, Raw has been really, really great. And actually, the tail end of last year, Raw was really mm, great as yeah. well. About six, seven weeks in. Come, let's keep it up. I don't think we've ever talked about Dolph Ziggler so much than we have in this last uh, five days. 
we, yeah, I guess over a five-day period. I definitely remember us talking about what is Doe Sigler doing? Doe Sigler needs to leave, but not so much in like a in a week stretch. Yeah, and so much now like a man. What happened? It's crazy for such a half-assed, deflating wrestling story to dominate two two months now. Yeah, like it. It's it's definitely intriguing. But somehow not interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's a weird one. Very weird one. So come on now. It's uh, you know the the listeners here mm. have been uh, hearing us ramble on for the last hour or so, <laughs> waiting for uh, to hear about a night with the birds. A night with the birds. So I thought that this was a Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, themed uh, evening like a night with the birds like you go out yeah. for a nice meal maybe it's a bit of a themed restaurant around the Alfred Hitchcock movie and then you watch the Alfred Hitchcock movie you and I often frequent uh, themed evenings around movies so it didn't seem out of the realms of possibility that I might have been right in my guess however I'm very wrong yeah um, I'm gonna it's gonna be me my girlfriend and loads of other sexy women mm-hmm. it's a night with the birds oh, birds see, yeah. in the east end is slang for women <laughs> yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna get down and dirty I'm not sure it's just in the east end though I'm pretty sure that's like a country, is that a, is that a, a whole, a whole country wide thing you're you bird yeah, yeah yeah that's a country wide thing okay well it's not, of course not that I'll, I'll get killed if that was the case it's a it's a night where I'm gonna eat Many different types of bird. Which was probably going to be brilliant for your vegetarian girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why she was so into this. This was her (laughs) idea. We've had to email the people who have, you know, curated a night around carnivorous eating. And we've asked for the vegetarian option. What is the vegetarian option? I don't know. Asparagus, probably. (laughs) An aubergine for later. Yeah. That's an emoji joke. Uh, so yeah, the, here's the course. Six courses. We went for wine pairing. I know you're worried. Don't worry. We got the wine pairing. We start off with today bread, sourdough, comma butter. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I've never had today bread before. What, bread and butter to start. Nice. I, I, Rusev day bread. That's what I'd be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first course. I don't. I don't think you get first courses. I just think they're courses. That's it. Yeah. So what is that? Do you know that salsify? Word? Salsify. What's that? I don't know. Salsify in Breek. <laughs> don't know either of those words. I know this one with chicken fat. Okay, but then aioli. Aioli. What's like, that? Aioli is like a sauce. Cool. Okay, so chicken fat sauce, and uh, the drink pairing there is rubies and thorns. That is London Dry Gin with blood orange, thyme syrup, and soda. That sounds quite delicious, actually. I don't like gin. No, no. I mean I haven't had gin for. I mean, last time I had gin, I was probably about. I think I was 16 and I had a very messy night mm. with the gin and I don't and I really liked it and that's why the the night was so messy but I don't think I've ever revisited it. Well good like I get that with brandy what if you smell it you kind of get the those I wonder, flashbacks. I don't know, I don't even think I've been PTSD. Cl- I don't even think I've been close to gin. That's crazy because that is the most drunk drink in Great Britain. Is it really? We're, we're gin mad, Luke. Gin mad. 20% increase year on year. You know, my, my sister-in-law bloody loves gin mm. as well. You'd think that I was probably a bit more into it, but um, maybe th- maybe that's what I'll do this year. I'm going to try and drink gin again. My dungeon master drinks gin mm. uh, while he's DMing. That's his, he. Uh, gin and lemonade is his um, uh, while DMing. He hardcore. He got absolutely hammered while he was DMing the other night. Good nice. Lord. That sounds like he's just Twitter direct messaging people. Next up, we have bird broth. Mm-hmm. 
So I imagine that's some kind of soup with malfatini. Yes. What's that? I don't know. Okay, because you say yes, like you know what these things are. Well, I'm looking I, to I, you. Here. I recognise the word, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Gonna needs. have to take so many pictures and then post them on Wrestle Talks. Instagram page. Oh, like, you, you, what, you might actually get active on Twitter for a change. Not likely. <laughs> I'm going to talk to the people around me and enjoy the meals. Mate, that's uh, not how the world works anymore. So that is with a Coleman Platz Riesling 2016 and then some other that's words that I don't know. Yeah. So Riesling, obviously a German sweet wine. Not my favourite, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, crispy hen's egg. Mm. That sounds nice. But what the hell is this? A monk's beard. Uh, I'm guessing... I mean, I, I instantly went for monkfish because it's with anchovy as well. Mm. So I, 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 maybe I'm wrong with monk's beard, thinking of it as connected with monkfish, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit like a little fake Daniel Bryan beard on the side of the plate. Yeah. Maybe that's what the hen's egg is resting on. Mm-hmm. Like it could look like straw. Uh, that's with a Malcolm Va- Village Blanc, Le Pierre Blanc 2016. I don't know. Uh, and then duck breast with barley, Jerusalem artichoke and watercress. Ooh, artichoke. With a red wine now, Bourgeon Pinot Noir. And finally, here we go. This is sweet. This is, this is what this you're is the into. the only it. reason we're going. <laughs> rose and rhubarb cheesecake. I, mm, is mm. it rose or is it rose? I think it's just rose. I think it'd be rose. Rose yeah. and rhubarb. And that's with a Chateau Le Rame 2015 Saint Croix de Mont. See, now I like cheesecake. I also think I like ruse, uh, ruse barb, rhubarb. I'm not sure I'd like rose and rhubarb. I don't like rose flavoured we'll things. See. But no. that sounds excellent. Like, I, I'm very excited for I'll you. I'll let you know. Um, I, I might be a bit hungover tomorrow. Well, that's uh, a lot of lot of different drinks. That's, that's mixing drinks, though. Yeah. Uh, but they're usually, they're usually quite small. Yeah, yeah, 125 so milliliters. You seconds. might be all right. Um, although you can be a bit of a lightweight sometimes. Yep, yep. Then I might order more and then get shots in. This is... This is it's a slippery be, slope. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had two glasses of wine last night. Drinking in the week. What? That's actually... And I drank on Monday when I was at Dungeons & Dragons as well. So that's now... And I'm probably going to have a drink when me and the uh, me and the wife go to the cinema tonight, go to the pictures. This is an intervention, Luke. You're drinking <laughs> spiralled out of control. So yeah, yeah, this is your Valentine's Day plan. It your is our Val- Day Yeah, plans. well... So my wife and I, for Valentine's Day, we usually do it on the weekend of the Valentine's Day. So we, we'll do something on Valentine's Day. We'll give each other presents. We'll give each other cards. My wife will have already list, uh, will have been given the presents, so I can tell I can say what I've got her. What here. is it? Uh, well, so every year we have a tradition that I buy her a selection of DVDs that are talked about on the podcast. How did this get made? Cool. So uh, we have a great collection of. Uh, terrible movies mm. that we very much enjoy watching um, and I've all and that's like I always buy that every year and then this year I bought as a proper present a, a vegan cookbook that she's excited about however it's not out till April so I've only pre-ordered it ah that's the thought that counts here's yeah. the receipt printed out from the email that was my what thinking. were the DVDs what were the movies uh, so Lawnmower Man nice um, The Lake House which is a time travelling romantic comedy yeah I know that one yeah, yeah. with uh, Reuniting um, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. Uh, Bratz the movie. I didn't know that happened. Uh, it's a live action movie as well. Really? Yeah, live action, mate. Wow. Uh, and the Covenant, I think, which is like a like a, a witch movie for teenagers, mm. um, which I'm I think my wife is going to love, and as will I because it sounds awful. <laughs> um, and that's how I like my films. 
And and tonight you're going to the cinema to either see to I well yeah so our plan is we're going to go to the cinema and whichever movie starts the nearest to when we arrive that's what we're going to see so it's either going to be Black Panther which is what I'm hoping it will hmm. be or be Fifty Shades Freed. Now it's also become a bit of a tradition that we go and see uh, a Fifty Shades movie because. Um, you're into that sort of well, stuff. Well, we we both sort of liked the first one. Mm. It's actually a quite a passable movie. Credit to um, to to Taylor Johnson for actually making, you know, chicken salad out of chicken poop. I I didn't like it at all. I don't know. I I can't. Yeah, I thought it was awful. I, I mean, the, the dialogue is horrendous and the acting is pretty woeful. But you know, it's <laughs> what? it's it's quite enjoyable. These are quite big parts. Yeah, I know, but it's quite enjoy- it's it's rubbish, but it's quite enjoyable yeah. rubbish. Second one though is like it's diabolically bad. The mm. second one, it is horrendous. Enjoyably bad? Um, no. Apart from when the helicopter crashes and then he just shows up in the next scene, <laughs> absolutely fine. Like that, that was the, the lone highlight of mm. the movie. Rest of it is dog awful. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what the third one is going to be like. The final one, the yeah. The final. One. Well, well, this is unless um, uh, is it Universal? Yes, Universal. Whether they decide to do the um, the Grey trilogy, because obviously um, E. L. Brooks, the the writer, has been re-releasing the books again, but from the perspective of uh, Christian Grey rather yeah. than Anastasia Steele. So maybe they'll just do the films again, but from his perspective rather than hers. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a way to milk the cash cow, I suppose. So it's either going to be one of those two. Uh, I'm hoping it's Black Panther, but if it's Fifty Shades, then, you know, it's, it didn't cost me anything extra because I've got a Cineworld card. Can we start calling Black Panther the fourth ever uh, African-American-led superhero film? Well, you can't call it that either. Because it isn't even the fourth. It's not even the fourth. What is it? Like the well, fifth? Well, it's not, Blade wasn't the first one either. Steel came out two years before it. What was Steel? Steel, based off... Um, uh, so you remember uh, during the death of Superman, mm-hmm. they had... Oh, yeah. the, oh I know, yeah, yeah. The I various the different... Steel, mental, yeah. yeah, so they DC released a film based on Steel. Was that like straight to... Deep? No, it came out in cinemas. It, really? It came out the same year as Batman and Robin. No. Yeah, it did. And it had a... It starred Shaquille O'Neal as How Steel. did I... What? Yeah. How did You've I not know this? this before. Oh, it's wonderful. In bad, the, it's awful. In a yeah. Oh, way, it's, yeah. it's horrendous. But Shaq. It, could have had a WrestleMania moment. <laughs> Instead, he had to settle. It's a wrestling podcast. We brought it back. <laughs> Took a while. In fact, there are even rumours that um, this steel was going to have some sort of connection to the Tim Burton Superman Lives because no. that was in development at the same time. Good grief. So uh, it's like the sixth ever. Uh, yeah. So you say sixth, fifth. Fifth, maybe. But they, they're on the Honest Trailers thing where I got well, this they joke all, from. Well, they also forgot steel. And there was the Mercury Man? Yeah. With well, Meteor Eddie, Man. Meteor Man. Yeah. yeah. Which also started which started in Murphy. But that was not really based on a comic book. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Anyway, that's all. Oh, no, we should do some iTunes reviews. Yeah. I got excited there. Uh, from Anthony Cookie Garcia. Good podcast to pass the time and sometimes have a good laugh. By sometimes, I mean every episode. Feels like you're having a conversation that you don't have to talk in. The best kinds of conversations. Oh, thank you, Luke and Dolly. I am proud to be part of the SWAF Nation. P.S. Push Wonder Ollie. Hashtag SWAF. Thank you, Anthony Garcia. Thank you, Anthony. Hey, Anthony's a Patreon backer. Oh, top stuff. And wow. This is how far back we're going in the reviews. Oh, look at this. What fun times this was. From hashtag under siege. Great. 
It's a great podcast. Very few impersonations. The fantasy bookings are very fun. The personalities are great. You need to check out their YouTube channel, WrestleTalkTV. Hashtag SWAFT. Thank you, Under Siege. Thank you, Under Siege. Man. So we will be back on... Heady times to return to. On Saturday, because the the early access is no longer a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes it a lot easier for us in the back end. Uh, That's what she said. Yep. And, yeah, see you then. We're going to talk some news and mailbag. Love you, bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 